Hello, and welcome to Homegrown KC, a podcast dedicated to exploring Kansas City's fascinating history and sharing stories from a church past. I'm your host, Lara. Join me today as we explore a piece of Kansas City's history. Hello listeners, hope y'all are doing well and that you had a nice holiday with your friends and or family, however you celebrate. I had a wonderful weekend with my family, and today, my Floridian friend Ethan and I took a little adventure to see the Mayan exhibit at Union Station. I have been wanting to see this exhibit since it opened in July. It was actually supposed to open in May, but they had issues with customs and the opening was delayed two months, and... I don't know why I waited until now to see it. Um, I'm sorry to say that it closes in like five days. January 1st is the end. So if you live in Kansas City or within an hour's drive, you have a very limited time to still go see this exhibit. The ones that come to Union Station are always just so amazing, so informative and well-constructed. And there are so many cool things to see in this exhibit. So the coolest thing about this exhibit is that every single artifact except for one is from Guatemala, and it's the first time these objects have ever been on display outside of that country. The exhibit's next destination is L.A., so my Cali peeps, if you live in or near L.A., you should look it up, see where this exhibit's going to be, and go see it. Quote, The exhibition shows when and the reasons why the Maya settled in the jungle and built their cities there. It also reveals how a large population could survive for hundreds of years in the jungle and why ultimately the Maya abandoned their cities and transformed their society, end quote. And this entire exhibit was curated by Dr. Nicola Grube. I hope, I hope I'm saying your last name right. Um, sorry, I didn't say your first name right either. Dr. Nikolai Grube, um, or maybe it's just Grube. Um, he's a professor of anthropology of the Americas at the University of Bonn. And he has worked on several archaeological projects in the Mayan area, and area, sorry, and is a director of excavations in Campeche, Mexico. So there are nearly 300 original artifacts. They are all so well preserved and detailed. The one artifact that's not from Guatemala is on loan from the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art. It is a stele, it's an inscription on a black stone, and it dates to 514 Common Era. So going into this, I knew nothing about Mayan history. I think the last time I had a class that covered this region period in history was freshman high school world history. And that was probably a very short, like, one week long Mayan, Incan, and Aztec combo from a colonizer perspective. So, knew nothing. And here is what I learned from the exhibit. So, from our historian's perspective, the height of Mayan power was from about 250 to 800 Common Era, but evidence shows the Mayan settlements began around 1800 BCE. The Mayan Empire, and that's in quotes, were actually a series of city-states, each with their own kings, and presumably their own laws, although that wasn't specified. 
They had a common shared belief system, common artistic styles and language. And that's all because they had an extensive trade system. But because this is a really thick, dense rainforest jungle, they can't use wagons or horses. So they either packed it all up and they carried it on their backs, or they traded along the rivers in canoes. Their kings were considered semi-divine, and kings had multiple wives in order to have as many children as possible. Um, it was a patriarchal society, but if the king's firstborn was a daughter, she could inherit the throne. Corn and cacao. Cacao, I learned, is actually a fruit. You can eat it. I mean, you can eat the fruit. Um, and the seed is roasted, and that's what gets turned into chocolate. I mean, I knew about the chocolate thing. I didn't know you could eat the rest of it, though. Um, so corn and cacao were considered sacred. In fact, they believed that the gods had created humans from ground corn. Actually, the, they had a summary of the story that the gods created the earth, and then they're like, okay, that's not right, and they destroyed it and started again a, a few times. Then they created animals, thinking, this is great. But they didn't like the animals, so then they created humans, and first they created them from mud. That wasn't right. Then they created them from wood. That wasn't right. Then they tried corn. And the gods liked that one. They had a polytheistic religious system, meaning they worshipped multiple gods and goddesses. And dwarves were considered chosen beings and special to their deities. So on display are several ceramic vessels and plates. Most of them are intricately painted. Uh, there's a few spearheads, several stelae with images of kings and or inscriptions. A very large, larger-than-life statue of a warrior dressed as a jaguar. A couple items made of alabaster, several of jade or shells. And my personal favorite was a replica of a codis written on bark paper. So it was... I don't remember now how long it said it was. It lasted pretty much the length of the wall that it was on. And this paper that it was written on was folded up so that when you stretched it out, it looked like an accordion. And the whole thing is filled with writing. Um, and it's all colored, too. Like, there was blue ink, there was red ink, I think there was a little bit of green. Sorry, I totally lost my place. Um, it just it looked really amazing. Um, oh, here we are. So there were there are only four codices remaining today. All of the others were burned by Spanish conquistadors. One resides in Mexico City, one in Dresden, one in Madrid, and one in Paris. Um, I think it's really sad. Not just that so few remain, but specifically that. Of the four that remain, only one is still in its country of origin. The other three are in Europe. I'm sure that they're kept at like super top tier research facilities or universities and they're really well cared for and preserved and studied. But these are not European artifacts. These are Mayan artifacts. I feel like they should be in Mayan territory um, and possession. So the Mayan people and Mayan culture is not extinct. This part I did know before going in. Uh, the Mayan population is about 6 million people today. 
They live in Guatemala, Mexico, Belize, Honduras, and El Salvador. They are, quote, the single largest block of indigenous people north of Peru, end quote. And it is estimated that about 500,000, yeah, 500,000 Mayans currently live in the U.S. There are 31 distinct Mayan languages. And the distinct might not be the best description there. Like, fully developed, I can speak, you know, Mayan one, they all have different names. And someone who speaks Mayan 2, we cannot understand one another. They're completely separate Mayan languages. Critiques. Actually, I kind of have several. For the general population, those who are not historians, those who don't know anything about Mayan history going in, this is a super fantastic introduction to the subject. Seriously, it is. However, personally, there are several things that I would have liked a lot more detail on. Um, namely, the final section. The final section of the exhibit focused on the modern Mayan people and some of their traditional clothing. Uh, they also had one thing about Maximum, who's a Mayan folk saint. But see, I would have liked to know a lot more about folk spiritual beliefs. Like, how did Spanish and other European colonization affect and change these beliefs and other cultural practices. I mean, stuff like that. That's my crack right there. I would have also liked to know a lot more about modern Mayan struggles, um, politically, um, socially, you know, what's going on between them and these various national governments, um, I read something online that said that, you know, they faced genocide in the past. I mean, since after the conquistadors, like modern times. So like what's going on there? Uh, you know, how much are they struggling to preserve their heritage? Or cause I know that they can't be fully assimilated. Otherwise they would speak Spanish, right? Or maybe I'm totally off there. I don't know. That's why I would have liked to know more. <laughs> um, I would have loved to know more about the archaeology. So we only have these artifacts because of archaeology, right? But they didn't have anything about when excavations began, who's excavating where and what, what the conservation efforts are. All of these cities that are being excavated are in the middle of a dense rainforest, right? So how much has the plant life destroyed? How much has the just the climate destroyed? what steps are being taken to preserve them in situ in, in their location. And this is another example that I would have liked to see something about how Mayans are supportive and oppose these excavations. The only thing that they had about the archaeology is that they use LIDAR, which is light detection and ranging. Basically, I mean, this is really cool. Um, you can do it, you know, handheld. They have been doing it um, from the sky with planes. But this, this machine, this tool, shoots, excuse me, shoots light down. And then it tracks how long it takes the light to bounce back up, basically. So then they can create a topography map. It shows, you know, the elevations of the Earth. 
Um, you can use this in the water too. They've used it to map the ocean floor. It's really very cool. And so if, when they're doing that, especially, you know, flying over the jungle, they can see, hey, this is a different shape. That's probably a building instead of a tree. The exhibit also said that they only managed to crack the code to Mayan glyphs 30 years ago. I really would have known, like to have known, how did they figure that out? Like, you're not just looking at it one day like, hey, you know what? I bet that's, right? Like, it's a huge struggle to crack this, um, I mean, by our standards, ancient language. The technology didn't really cover much on, um, I did not say that right, the exhibit didn't really cover much on technology or construction of the cities. Um, these cities were massive, with hundreds of thousands of people living in each of them. So what are the buildings made from? How are they constructed? How are these massive temples or whatever they are that we see in photographs, how are they constructed? How was the city organized? There's nothing on commoners. Pretty much the only people mentioned were the kings. There's nothing on medicine. The other question that I had, like, I was continually thinking, like, this has to be here somewhere. Where is it? And I didn't see it. Um, has to deal with their art. So the artifacts, as I said before, they're either carved or painted or both, and they're highly detailed. I mean, gorgeous. The colors I was noticing were all black and red and maybe occasionally yellow. What I was looking for was why. Is it because they only had access to organic materials to create these specific dyes? Or did it have something to do with the colors themselves? Like red and black are more durable and the blues and greens have just been worn away by time. Don't know. All of that said, don't let my analysis dissuade you. A truly amazing exhibit. Enjoyed it very much. It's just so amazing that these objects are traveling, uh, have traveled so far and come to our city. We have the chance to learn about this culture. So please go see it immediately. That is the end of today's adventure. Thank you for joining me. I hope you'll consider becoming a financial supporter of the show. There are several ways you can do so. You can subscribe to patreon.com slash homegrownkc or redcircle.com slash homegrownkc or you can give a one-time donation at redcircle.com slash homegrownkc or coffee.com slash homegrownkc. If you become a subscriber, you'll be charged on the first day. Um, let me try that again. You'll be charged on the day you sign up and then on the first day of each month following. You get three things if you're a patron. One, you get an item from the merchandise store valued at $5 or less. Two, you get a shout-out on each show and social media post. Thank you, Bjorn and Joan, for your continued support. And you get access to exclusive bonus content featuring other local historians, archivists, and museum curators. If you simply donate, I will give you a shout-out on the next available episode, but you won't get any uh, of the bonus content or anything from the merchandise store. Additionally, if you donate on Coffee, that's K-O-F-I, 1% automatically will go to help fight climate change. If you cannot support me monetarily, then you can still support me by following, liking, and subscribing to my Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Twitter pages. Also my YouTube channel. Photographs of this exhibit are going to be on my socials. 
Ooh, man, when I got home, I was a little bit disappointed because some of them turned out so sharp and perfect. Some of them are just a touch out of focus. I was not entirely on it today. Make sure you rate and review me wherever you listen, but especially on Apple Podcasts. You can visit my website for additional information on each topic that I cover. That's homegrownkc.wordpress.com. And on my website, you can sign up for my newsletter once a month. Usually the first of the month, you will get an email that says, hey, here's what's going on in the podcast. Here's what's coming up. It's pretty cool. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or episode suggestions, you can email me at homegrownkcpodcast at gmail.com or DM me on any of my social media networks. If you want to check out my merchandise store, go to www.zazzle, that's Z-A-Z-Z-L-E, dot com, slash store, slash homegrown, underscore, Casey, underscore store. And if that was too much for you to remember, go to my website, homegrownkc at wordpress.com. I'll have a link there. Thank you goes out to my talented sister-in-law, Sarah McCombs, who created my logo. To the Dear Misses for the use of their song Kansas City as the intro and outro music of the show. And to local libraries, which enabled me to gather all my research. Thank you for listening. Cheers. seem to shake this feeling and I can seem to get you off my mind. Thought I lost my 